Hello and welcome to the Times Online Pittsburgh Penguins podcast. If this is your show for April 26, 2017, and just as we talked about last week, we have moved on to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Penguins are running into a very familiar foe. I know you're shocked. It's time for the Washington Capitals and it seems like this is the one that we could have scripted all the way back at the beginning of the season when these two teams met in the first game of the year as the Capitals had to watch the banner-raising ceremony in Pittsburgh and all of those things play out right in front of their eyes after they were dispatched in six games last season, falling to the Penguins as they went on to win the 2016 Stanley Cup. We're going to go through that series. We're going to go through a little bit of what happened in the last series as the Penguins got past the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll tell you a little bit about some of the other um, things that are going on around the league because the Western Conference kicks off their second round tonight uh, in terms of play and we'll uh, we'll just go through everything to get you ready for game one between the Penguins and Capitals which will take place at Verizon Center on Thursday night. Before we get into anything else though, should mention it's your host, Brian Metzer. I am, you know, thrilled to be here with you as I am each and every week. And uh, this is another season almost in the books of doing this show. So it's been a, a lot of fun to put it together for you. I hope you guys still enjoy it as much as I do putting it together for you. Um, you can find this show, if you don't know by now, over at timesonline.com. Just look us up over there. You can search us out at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and of course at SoundCloud. Simply search Beaver County Times and you'll find this show as well as all of our other great podcast content. You can find all of our written word over at uh, timesonline.com, including all the stuff that I put together. Um, Jeremy Tepper's helping do some stuff for the Pittsburgh Penguins during the Stanley Cup playoffs. You can see all of his great work as well as everything else that we're doing for you. So check it all out over there. Don't forget to look me up on Twitter at Brian underscore Metzer. I always enjoy interacting with everybody on social media. Look me up there. Send me your comments, your concerns, your hopes, your dreams, everything that you want to achieve in life. I'll give you feedback on that because Lord knows my feedback probably, you know, it, it could be the thing that puts you over the top. You don't even, you don't know. I mean, could be advice that you've been anxiously awaiting or wanting to hear. Uh, you can also find our sports desk at Times Scores. That's where we will... Uh, send out the links to everything that we do. And um, so you can follow me, you can follow Time Scores, and you'll find everything that I just talked about. Now, as I said, the um, Washington Capitals on deck, waiting to take on the Penguins. We'll see how that plays out. It should be uh, a fun series, as it always is, a nerve-wracking series, as it always is. But it will be the 10th time that these teams are meeting in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the Penguins have won eight of the prior nine meetings. So um, if you're the Capitals, you can't be too thrilled. Now, of course, one of these times, they're going to finally get over the hump and, and beat the Penguins again. They last did so in 1994, I believe. And um, at that point in time, it was only a handful of meetings in the playoffs, and it didn't seem all that much of a disparity. But now the Penguins have gone on to win a number of the meetings, and uh, they have won the last two en route to Stanley Cups in 2009 and uh, 2016. But um, to get there, the Penguins had to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. They ended up beating the Jackets in four uh, in five games. They beat them 4-1. to one. Uh, Were able to close it out in Game 5 at PPG Paints Arena. Generally, 
speaking about that series, the biggest issue for the Penguins was their inability to get off to strong starts. They really struggled in the first periods of games, and I know that you've probably heard about that ad nauseum right now. And Mike Sullivan addressed that a little bit today in his comments before the team took off for D.C. They were leaving, I believe uh, they were supposed to get on a plane right around 2 p.m. I'm recording this at 2.24, so they're probably... Uh, just about getting towards D.C. because it's not a very long flight when you're heading down there, but they um, they got to get better at starting in the first period. Now, I found it kind of funny because Mike Sullivan was asked to address those dis- uh, those those issues, and he said, well, we haven't exactly played a game since our last one, so we don't know for sure that the situation has been fixed, but they have preached that it's a mindset. You want to keep the game simple uh, get involved physically, get involved mentally, do all those things and just make sure that you're sharp and doing everything that you need to do from the opening face off of the game. So hopefully, uh, Mike Sullivan, Jacques Martin, Rick Tockett and company have gotten the, um, the people really on board, knowing what they need to do, moving through the, the first round, uh, or moving through this uh, this second round against the Washington Capitals, because if you start slow against this team, you're going to pay the price. Uh, not that you didn't at times against the Blue Jackets, because the Jackets were able to score some goals in the first periods, but I think that the Caps would really take full advantage of that situation. So starts definitely need to be better. Another thing that stood out to me, though, throughout the series against the Blue Jackets was that uh, the Stars shined for the Penguins. Uh, you had Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel. They combined to put up four goals and 19 points through uh, five games, which is really spectacular stuff. Sidney Crosby chipped in two goals and seven points. We had the emergence of Jake Gensel. He's leading the playoffs with five goals. Brian Rust added four goals of his own. And then overall, the Penguins got contributions in the form of goals from 10 different players and points from 17 different players. So they've really become a deep and very complete team that can get scoring from up and down the lineup, and that is going to be a huge uh, component of them beating the Washington Capitals if they're able to slip by them. Now, overall, it was a very good way to kick off the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and completing a short series. You always hear that you need to have short series if you want to be successful, and that's exactly what uh, the Penguins got. You need at least one shorty, they always say. And that means five or less games. You start getting into six or more games, you're going to get your team a little more tired out. So the Penguins got a five-game series. We'll see how things go against the Caps. The Caps required six games to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were involved in a bit of a dogfight against them. They were all one-goal games, which was pretty uh, special for the Leafs because they took some huge strides forward this year and looked like they could be a very effective team moving forward with all that young talent that they have up there. Uh, They had, I think, upwards of 11 rookies in their lineup this season, which is just crazy to think about. So uh, Austin Matthews really was um, involved after the first two games. I would say through the last four, he was a big catalyst for the Leafs. Some of those other players uh, up there, such as William Nylander, did a good job. Kasperi Kapanen, the former Penguins prospect, did a nice job. But the Caps were pressed to the brink. Five of the six games went to overtime. If the Leafs were able to get a goal or two in that scenario, who knows? That could have been a drastically different scenario for the Capitals. But lo and behold, they're able to get past the Leafs, and they are there in D.C. waiting for the Penguins for Game 1 tomorrow night. We'll go through a little bit more of the specifics about that series 
a little bit later in the show, wanted to go through some of the stuff, uh, storylines and such that came out of the Penguins media availability today. And we're also going to hear from Evgeny Malkin here in a little bit. I'm going to play that sound for you here on the show from his uh, availability with the media during the final practice before the team did leave for Washington, D.C. So stay tuned for that. But the uh, Penguins getting healthier. Chris Kunitz, looks like he's on the comeback trail. I wrote about that for the Beaver County Times just the other day. He's the second leading hitter um, heading into the playoffs, into the round two, that is, since 2006, uh, behind only former Penguin Brooks Orpik, who's now a member of the Washington Capitals. Having that available as uh, uh, another body, not only that can slide up and play in your top six, but to just be a physical presence in the bottom six is going to be huge for the Penguins. He's a game-time decision for game one. He said he felt good again today. He just needs to trust trust the process that got him here in terms of his rehab, wants to get up to speed in terms of the game, etc. But generally speaking, he thinks that he can be a contributor as soon as game one, though we don't know for sure that he will dress for game one. It's starting to look like he will, but um, we'll see how that shakes out. Also, Carl Haglin. He had been skating on his own. He joined full team practice today, did not partake in line rushes, but he was a participant in the group session and in doing so looked very, very good. He said it was fun. It was just a joy being back around the guys and wouldn't admit to having any sort of timeline. He said that's between he, the coaching staff, and the trainers, but he said he had a good day and uh, it was hard for him to miss 20 plus games at the end of the season and in through the playoffs because he's just a guy that has been largely healthy over the course of his career and then this year he's had to miss some time. So He would be another guy that just with the speed that he brings would give the Caps headaches because we saw what speed could do to them. Uh, Just looking at what the Maple Leafs did to the Capitals and to see that come into effect again with Kunitz coming in, who's still speedy for a 36-year-old. To have Haglin come in, um, that's going to give them some some tough tough things to contend with uh, along with all the other speed that the Penguins already had in their lineup. So that's all good stuff. Uh, Mike Sullivan had some other very uh, interesting things to say today. He was asked by um, somebody if he felt that his team was going to rely on just their top two lines for scoring. And um, sorry, I'm having some voice issues today, so um, bear with me. But anyway, um, they I just told you the numbers. 10 goal scorers, 17 point getters. So they're not relying on just their top two lines. So I thought that was sort of a... Um, Maybe not the best question to have asked. And he answered it as I thought he would. He said, you know what? We aren't a two-line team. We're not a three-line team. We're a four-line team. We feel like we have a ton of scoring balance, and we're feeling very good about where we are in that regard. So I think that's going to give the Capitals some headaches because they can match each other line for line for line for line. They're both very deep teams. They're very deep uh, rosters in terms of every position having a, a good number of depth uh, behind it. Uh, yes, the Penguins are going to be hurt by not having Chris Letang, but I still think that they're in a pretty good situation in this series. Um, and when you look at this being two teams that are very similar to the two that met last year, I think the Caps have only a handful of new faces. It's Lars Eller, Brett Conley, and uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. On the Penguins' side, they are minus uh, Ben Lovejoy and Chris Letang. But overall, I think that it's it's two very similar lineups coming together again. But Sullivan said it's a whole new year, new season. Rosters may be similar, but he, he pretty much said that 
folks like me and uh, media members, that's who looks at the comparisons from one year to the next. He didn't even look at the fact that these teams have met now going to be 10 times in the playoffs. He said, our leaders are very aware of the challenge that the Capitals uh, bring. They were the number one team in the league. We don't look at history. We just look at this as all being brand new. So no worries there. Feeling pretty confident about uh, them not really getting caught up in history. I think if there is a team going to get caught up in history here, it's the Washington Capitals. They're the ones that probably are going to be a little bit concerned, especially if they split on home ice and come back and maybe drop Game 3 in Pittsburgh. That's going to get very interesting to see how the Capitals contend with that whole thing. Um, you know, that that's going to be weird. Now, Mike Sullivan did say that Chris Kunitz is going to be a game-time decision, which I already told you. He said the team does plan on maybe leaning on his wealth of experience a bit. He knows his role, and he knows how to play within himself. So if he's back in there, they're going to let him go out and just play his game, which is going to be hitting, banging bodies, doing all the things that we know he's capable of doing, which will be um, a very good thing for the Penguins to get back in. And and Mike Sullivan sounds like he's going to be leaning on him to... um, to, to have that happen. So that's a, uh, a you know a, a very good situation to be in for them to be getting a veteran like Chris Letang back and even Carl Hagelin. Now, he said each game, because they're going to have to decide on some bodies to bring out of the lineup, that's nothing that they're going to want to be dealing with. That's a bad spot to be in. No one wants to come out of the lineup. Uh, the names that come to the forefront, Carter Rowney, Scott Wilson, maybe even Tom Kunockel. I think Tom Kunockel's safe. He is too valuable in terms of his penalty kill and the way that he kills, uh, does all those kinds of things in terms of being an energy guy out there. So I think he's safe. It's going to come down to Wilson and Rowney, who have both been very good as well. So uh, their time won't be done either. I think they'll both get a chance to get back in the lineup, even if they come out in favor of Kunitz and or Haglin. But uh, it's probably going to be Carter Rowney would be the first name out then maybe Scott Wilson, but those two names would be the ones to keep an eye on. Uh, I did promise you some Evgeny Malkin sound, so I want to get to that. Gino talks all about the uh, ins and outs of playing the Caps yet again, how it is going to be going up against countrymen, Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and uh, some of the other Russians that they have on their roster. So um, it was a, a fun get-together with the media today. I always enjoy hearing Gino break things down, and he had a little bit of fun. So let's listen to that right now, and then we'll uh, see on the flip side with a bit more of a preview of Penn's Caps. Uh, we know it's a great team, and uh, we watch like uh, against Toronto. It's, uh, they have a good balance team, like and uh, four four good lines. But his, uh, I, I, I wait like it's a good game. Like every game is like uh, it's exciting, and uh, we start tomorrow. It's uh, I can't wait. It's a good challenge for us. You know, if we want to win Stanley Cup again, we need to beat Washington for sure. It's like uh, best team in the league, and. Uh, Big test for us. You know, I know you always get asked about it, but is it is it, always, is it still special going up against Alex? Are those still fun series for you? Oh yeah, it's not just Alex. It's like Kuzi. Uh, you know, it's a uh, three guys in, from Russia. They play Washington team. It's a good challenge against me. Of course, it's a. Uh, I think we play against uh, Kuznetsov line. You know, it's a uh, they like a uh, young, uh, no, not young, like Willen play too. Yeah. It's like a. Uh, it's a good line. I think uh, we need to work hard against this line and uh, try uh, 
like uh, play deep. I mean, it's uh, behind net, you know, go to net, you know, try to uh, beat this guy in offense zone. It's, uh, we see what's going on, but I can't wait. And uh, especially, yeah, especially play against uh, Washington and uh, actually Savechkin and Kuznetsov. It's a uh, good two guys and uh, we're friends with each other, but that's a big challenge for me and myself too. When the Penguins play the Capitals in this country, all the reporters ask about Sid versus Ovi, Sid versus Ovi. What's that like in Russia? Do they talk about Ovi versus Gino? Uh, no, it's same. It's, same. <laughs> it's good for me. I try to be like quiet. You know, it's uh, I just try to be play. You know, it's uh, yeah, I'm read uh, lots of about 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 like Sid and Ovi. You know, they like uh, uh, start same year. You know, like uh, play like Polish Rocky, You know, and uh, always like. Uh, like uh, best two players in the league, but uh, I'm trying to show my best game. You know, I'm I like be quiet. You know, I'm just uh, try to be like uh, not quiet all night. What are the keys for you guys to have uh, success against the goaltender in the defense? Uh, lots of key, but it's goaltender. We know it's we play like good. You know, it's uh, we need like go to net through traffic. You know, scream to goal. You know, it's uh, just play our game like fast. You know, maybe extra pass. You know, maybe extra fake sometimes. But uh, but we need uh, like give give him like a job. I mean, a ton of shots. You know, go to traffic. Sometimes play dirty. You know, like maybe like a little bit interference. You know, like play like playoffs game. Do you, how much pressure do you put on yourself to score a goal? We should not be quite in the ice, but for this series. Uh, I know if I'm play uh, show my best game and uh, is. Uh, it's helped team to win, you know. I'm understands that, you know. I'm an important part of this team, you know. And uh, I, I'm trying to score every game, but sometimes uh, yes, sometimes not. But uh, I'm ready. I feel great, you know. It's uh, we have a couple days off, you know. I feel amazing right now, you know. No injury, you know. It's uh, just uh, ready to play, you know. I know it's not easy, but uh, if I do it like a uh, good stuff, you know, like win face of small things, you know, win face of like work in uh, offensive zone, work in a neutral zone, like uh, uh, blocking shot, you know, it's uh, points coming and the goals coming too, you know, we have great power play, you know, it's uh, use my shots, you know, it's uh, do my job. Gino, is this, is this a fun series for you? What's the... No, it's not fun. It's playoffs. <laughs> Come on. Uh, it's a little bit fun, isn't it? I mean, no, no. I'm nervous, but it's, uh, I think everyone's nervous, but it's not easy. We understand we play against Wash. And uh, first round is not fun, too. You know, we play against Columbus. Great team. And uh, just... Uh, Finally, if we win, you know, and uh, I'm excited, but uh, for sure, but uh, it's not fun. It's uh, still a little bit nervous, but uh, I want to play. It's a big challenge for me and big, big challenge for the team. Who talks better trash on the ice, you or Alex? <laughs> I'm not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned power play. How key is that going to be in this series? Uh, we know it's playoffs, you know. We, we know it's not uh, five or six, seven, like, power play. We know it's, like, just, like, one or two. Like, we need, like, ready, like, every, like, power play very important. And we need, like, uh, understand, like, like, if you score power play, you, like, we great chance to win you know we, we understand that uh, we have great experience from last year you know we have experience first round you know I think we play good in first round and just do the right things you know like win face up like play uh, right position you know like no turnovers it's like uh, when breakout you know like we understand that and uh, we understand how like big power play in Washington too you know like uh, just play right you know and uh, we see what's going on I think we have great power play first round and uh, just keep going same same level. 
And that was Evgeny Malkin meeting with the media today before the team took off for Washington, D.C. for their uh, Game 1 that will take place tomorrow night at Verizon Center in the second round of these Stanley Cup playoffs. And now let's take a little bit of a closer look at that series, uh, generally just looking through some of the head-to-head stuff, etc. This is, uh, as I said, going to be the um, 10th time these two teams met in the playoffs, and it's the third time for the Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin versions of these Penguins and Capitals to come together. It also brings together the league's two best teams. Uh, the Caps finished to win the President's Trophy with 118 points this year, while the Penguins slotted in seven points behind, picking up 111 points this season. And I, as I said at the start of the show, when you look at this, this matchup could have been predicted as early as October 13th. The league schedule maker tapped the Capitals as the team that the Penguins had to play on opening night. They were forced to watch that banner go up before losing a 3-2 shootout uh, game to the Penguins at PPG Paints Arena. They've been looking to erase that taste as well as that of losing 8 of 9 playoff series before, and they'll get that chance here starting tomorrow night. This situation is going to be very similar to last year. These teams are very similar. They're built in much the same way. Penguins bringing speed, Capitals bringing bigger bodies, etc., etc. The main difference for them is getting Kevin Chattenkirk, who I honestly believe has not been all that great as a member of the Washington Capitals. Um, the Blues have gone on a run of something like 19-4-1 or something absurd like that since trading Kevin Shattenkirk. The Capitals have been okay with him, but I just look at him as a guy that um, just, I don't know. I don't know that he's a great defenseman. He's a good defenseman who's a very good power play player. I don't know that he puts you over the top, and I felt like the Capitals were a much better team before they brought him on board. But here's some of the specifics you need to know. You'll be able to read some of these at timesonline.com probably this afternoon as well. I believe that's when the preview is going to be going up. But Penguins went 2-2 or 2-2-0 against the Caps this year. If you look at it from a Caps vantage point, they went 2-0-2. Capitals did enjoy a 21-14 scoring edge in the four games, and that was boosted by a 7-1 victory back in November. The Penguins did win a hugely fun hockey game between the two teams in January, 8-7 in overtime. They chased Braden Holtby in that one. Their all-time head-to-head record, um, as I told you, 8-1 for the Penguins against the Capitals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Injuries to be concerned with overall, Chris Letang is the biggest for the Penguins. Carl Haglin looking like he'll be on the comeback here soon, as is Chris Kunitz. Chad Ruedel, no real update on him today, but he seemed to be on the ice as well because the only player that was missing was Matt Murray, who is still out himself as well. So it would be nice to get all those guys back at some point. For the Caps, it's Carl Alsner. Now, depth for me is still one of the Penguins' biggest strengths here heading in to this series against the Capitals. The depth was on display, as I showed or told you about, with the 10 goal scorers and the 17 point scorers. Led them to a league-high 4.20 goals per game in the playoffs. So that's a very impressive thing for them. They also got... um, Decent scoring from their blue line. They had Ron Hainsey, Justin Schultz, and Ian Cole combined to score nine points, showing that they still can get some offense, minus Chris Letang. Penguins have thrived on special teams as well, scoring on 33.3% of their power play chances against in the playoffs so far. Penalty kill, sixth amongst the 16 playoff teams, allowing just two goals on 12 chances, and they picked up a shorthanded goal coming late in Game 4. So, um, it looks like 
that's all good stuff for the Penguins. On the Caps side, Holtby, in my estimation, is still going to be their biggest strength. Penguins have had some mind control over him, but they've got to break through early. He went 42-13-6 this year with a 2.07 goals against and a 9.25 save percentage with nine shutouts. Looks a little like he was getting a little more human against the Maple Leafs, but he still went 4-2 and two against them. And he had a 9.25 save percentage. Worth noting, he faced more shots, 213, and played more minutes, 4.06, than any other goaltender in the first round. And uh, has a career playoff save percentage of 9.36. The Caps, known for scoring goals, as we all know, they averaged the third highest this year with 3.18. But they have been very good in terms of their defense this season. They allowed just 27.8 shots per game this year which was the fourth least in all of the National Hockey League. A big difference this year, though, is probably the acquisitions of Lars Eller, Brett Conley, and Shattenkirk, only because it enhanced their depth. I think their depth was exposed a little bit against the Penguins last season. If you're looking at weaknesses here for the uh, Penguins, I think the biggest is that they're allowing far too many shots on goal. They were outshot last year in the playoffs just five times in 24 games. This year, they've already been outshot in four of the five, and they're averaging 38.8 shots against. Capitals taking the fourth most in the league at 35.2. And this group of Penguins also guilty of trying to force plays. We saw that with Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, Connor Sheary as they tried to dump pucks into areas, get those uh, tic-tac-toe fancy plays going, and it didn't always work out the way you wanted, and it, it, it was a bit problematic for them. So we'll see if they can't clean that up. I think that'll come with just the better starts that we've talked about here already as well. On the Capitals side, they've allowed opponents to hang around a little too often in games. That happened against the Maple Leafs, and it got them to over overtime in five of the six games like I just told you about a little bit ago worked out during that first round but their overtime history against the Penguins isn't as good the two teams have gone to overtime nine times over the course of their playoff history playing one another Penguins have won six of those games including the quadruple overtime affair way back with Peter Nedved scoring that we wrote the story about last season um and then two victories came last year against the Capitals. I also feel like speed is still going to be a problem for them. Guys like Brooks Orpik just can't handle that kind of play from forwards, and he was in a minus four through the first round of the uh, playoffs against the Toronto Maple Leafs. For me, if I'm looking at X-Factors for the Penguins and Capitals, I think the X-Factor for the Penguins is going to come down to being Marc-Andre Fleury. He's got to be on top of his game. He's already beaten the Capitals once in the Stanley Cup playoffs back in 09 en route to winning the Stanley Cup. But he just wasn't all that spectacular over the course of this season, as we know, um, until he got past the trade deadline. So we need Marc-Andre Fleury to be the guy he was in the big-time second half of the season. He's also got to be stronger on the road, even though I feel like his team let him down a bit on the road. He went 4-7-5 and five on the road this year with a 3.58 goals against and an 8.87 save percentage. And in the playoffs, he went 1-1 one one with a 4.15 GAA and an 8.73 save percentage. So Fleury's going to have to be better than that to beat the Capitals, where for sure they've got to win at least one game at Verizon Center. However, I think they will win more than that, maybe even these first two. We'll see how that shakes out starting tomorrow night whenever game one hits the ice. Now, it's also worth noting 
that the Kunitz-Haglin reemergence could be a wild card or an X-factor for the Penguins. I think both of those guys are going to really benefit the Penguins. Um, the stars of the Penguins also have to be a bit of an X-factor. You need to see Sid, Gino, Kessel continue to roll the way they had been for this to be an effective showing for the Penguins down in D.C. and beyond through this series. On the cap side, Mr. Game 7, Justin Williams, he's got to be Mr. Game 7. And maybe he didn't get to show that off last year against the Penguins because there wasn't a Game 7, but he's been pretty good so far this year in the playoffs. I think that if he gets his chance, he will shine again this year. He ranks 16th among all NHL players in playoff scoring since 2009 with 28 goals and 67 points in 91 games. Six of the points, three goals came against the Maple Leafs, and he picked up his uh, first playoff game-winning goal during overtime uh, that's his first playoff game winner for the Capitals, is what I meant to say. Um, the uh, in Game Five uh, with uh, against the Maple Leafs, so you know he scored some game winners in the past. It's just his first as a Capital. Now he'll need to be a difference maker for them. I'm I'm still predicting the Penguins in six games here, and until I see the Capitals do anything differently than they've done in the past, I won't buy into the fact that they are going to beat the Penguins. So for me, Penguins in six games, you might be rolling your eyes, but I'm going with it, and you heard it here first. Now, on to your Twitter questions. This one comes to us from our good friend, Chris Needlesheel, always coming through with a question. You can get in, simply hashtag your tweet at, uh, or I mean, uh, hashtag BCTPensPod and get us a question. Chris does that weekly. And he says, I can't see the Pens playing wide open hockey again like like uh, round one. It's exciting hockey, but it's not playoff hockey. That wide open play can cost the team a series. That said, if the Pens play better structurally on defense and if Flurry plays like game five, how do you see this series against the Caps playing out? I think, as you just heard me say, Chris, Flurry's a big key. I think he will be a big reason why the Penguins win this series. I also think they will be better structurally from top to bottom, especially when you get into the beginnings of games coming out in the first period. I think they'll do a much better job there. And make no mistake, though, some of these games will open up. There's just too much talent on both sides of the ice for it not to, but I think the Caps are going to be playing... um, pretty physical against the Penguins. Not unlike the Blue Jackets, they'll be looking to hit them. They'll be looking to forecheck and beat them up a little bit, and that's going to be a big thing that's going to work for the Washington Capitals as uh, if they have some success in the series. So thank you for that quit, uh, question. As always, Chris, you too can get in on it. As I just told you about, please do get your Twitter questions in. Love to answer those for you here on the show, and we will do it on a weekly basis all the way through the remainder of this season. News of the weird time here on the program. And uh, this one, I don't know if there's any bowlers out there. You know that the quest for a 300 game is uh, always on everyone's mind if you are a competitive bowler. Well, this guy in New York, he rolls a perfect 300 game in just 86.9 seconds. I bet he worked up a sweat. This comes from Cortland, New York, and the Associated Press. A New York bowler has rolled a perfect 300 game in less than 90 seconds. Ben Kitola hit 12 straight strikes in 86.9 seconds on April 5th at 281 Bowl in Cortland. The 23-year-old Preble man raced from one lane to the next at a 10-lane facility and registered the strikes using a different ball on each lane. He used lanes 1 and 2 twice. Kitola is a uh, 225 
average two-handed bowler who works at the bowling alley. He tells the Post Standard of Syracuse that, honestly, wasn't expecting to do it. Uh, there is no official speed record listed by the United States Bowling Congress. Pro bowler Tom Doherty, or Doherty, depending on how you pronounce that in your neck of the woods, threw a perfect game over 12 lanes in 111 seconds back in 2015. So I know a couple of my friends uh, hailing from the South Hills of Pittsburgh who are big-time bowlers are probably jealous of that, and I could see them all trying to best Ben Kitola and his 12 strikes in 86.9 seconds. With that, we come to the end of another edition of the uh, show or another of the Times Online Pittsburgh Penguins podcast. Uh, great time putting this together for you as, as I have each and every week. Working on a couple of guests for future editions of the show. You know, we already had Bob Grove and we already had Josh Getzoff. We're looking to get a couple other folks lined up and hope to get those guys on board here in the coming weeks as we head through the Stanley Cup playoffs. But we will see you next week as we always do. So please do be here again next Wednesday for another edition because I will be doing it for you. You know I will. You know I'm going to be having a lot to talk about with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Going to be moving into probably games three or four by that point. And uh, we'll talk about it next Wednesday. So be there or be less than circular for the Times Online Pittsburgh Penguins podcast. This is an